I'm John David Bennett, Dean of Curricular Innovation at Mercersburg Academy, and this is the Berg's Eye View podcast. In this edition of our Making a Difference series, I interview Julie Summer, class of 1990. Julie, in addition to her law practice, serves with the Drake Group, which advocates for college athletes. In our conversation, Julie talks about how her work with Drake began, about her efforts to influence the future of name, image, and likeness rights for athletes, and about the meaningful relationship she had while at Mercersburg and her record-breaking academy swim career. So uh, what drew you to, to your work with the, with the Drake Group? Well, uh, I hadn't even heard of the Drake Group until uh, 2019. And it was in the context of, well, I guess I should start with what the Drake Group is. It's a national think tank dedicated to academic integrity in college sports. And we do a lot of uh, athletes' rights advocacy as well. Really, academic integrity is obviously very pro-athlete as well. Uh, you know, ensuring a proper educational foundation for college athletes, proving graduation rates, whether an athlete coming into college is properly prepared and able to handle the rigors of college coursework, uh, in addition to participate in their sport, which, you know, we know is a very demanding endeavor in college. So uh, there's, there's a lot of issues to, to cover in college sports in addition to that. So there's a lot of advocacy um, on behalf of athletes right, to, right now in this zeitgeist moment with uh, name, image, and likeness. So the way I uh, got involved with the Drake Group was through my previous uh, athletic director at the University of Texas, who is the current president of the Drake Group. But she was our AD at Texas when I was an undergrad there. Her name is Donna Piano. She's a pretty incredible woman who brought all of the Texas women's athletic programs onto the national scene, beginning with her time there in the 70s, soon after Title IX passed and all through her 17-year tenure there. As our AD, it was, it was really cool to see a strong woman in a leadership position like that and thriving so much by uplifting uh, young college women and all of their respective sports. In addition to that, she, just, she really knew how to build community. And uh, those were just some of the intangibles that, about UT and what they offered women and swimming in particular. So fast forward to uh, post-college, and Donna was uh, at the Women's Sports Foundation in New York. And I decided to, prior to uh, beginning law school, to try for an internship with her. And I fortunately became her advocacy intern and, and went back to Ohio, went to law school, and, and we sporadically kept in touch over the years. And uh, it was uh, September 30th, 2019, when Governor Gavin Newsom signed the first name, image, and likeness bill. You know, as, as the saying goes, uh, as California goes, so goes the nation. And indeed, that's what happened here. So it was uh, September 19th, uh, and most state legislative sessions were, were not in session at the time. And I remember I was sitting at my desk at work when, when that news flashed up in the story, and I emailed Donna right away and said, hey, Donna, this seems like a really good thing. I knew that and had followed the work of athletes who had been challenging the NCA for several years for, you know, regarding their overarching amateurism rules. You know, this is years after the Olympic movement evolved and the sky didn't fall. And, and I said, I have two big concerns. What will happen to women with this and what will happen with Olympic sports? Donna responded right away and she said, this is a good thing. And I, I trusted her judgment. And we exchanged some, some more emails and she sent some documents from the Drake group about what she was working on. And I, uh, I stayed up one night and wrote back my thoughts on something and it ended up being several pages long. 
And then she asked right away if I would be interested in joining their working group at the Brick Group. And I said yes right away. Uh, that was uh, the fall of, of 2019. And then, you know, she was a part of her work is, uh, you know, the advocacy on Capitol Hill and following what's going on in Congress. And in the fall, uh, there was still a bill sponsored by Donna, Representative Donna Shalala and Representative Ross Spano to appoint a two-year commission to study intercollegiate athletics and all of the issues that, that are wrong and, and need to be addressed and submit a report and recommendations back to Congress on that after that review. So we were pushing for this bill on the Hill, and I actually joined her in D.C. in February of 2020. And uh, it was it was really fun, amazing couple of days, and we, you know went around the hill, and we were cramming lunch into crowded congressional lunch rooms and going from office to office, and uh, and then we all know what happened a few weeks later, right? Basically, the world shut down. It's kind of wild to think we were in these congressional lunch rooms with people packed in. <laughs> so, so the the basically the world shut down in in March of 2020, and. Um, and then uh, some of the, the bills started to um, pop up in some state legislative sessions that year uh, in, in following uh, Gavin Newsom's bill, but then state legislative sessions started to shut down too. So it, it gained some more steam throughout 2020 and, and you know, it would have more, I'm sure, uh, but for the pandemic and, and legislatures adjourning early and suspending. Uh, we have our, our weekly calls with the Drake Group, and uh, we address these issues. We write about them. We follow the bills, uh, and then some federal bills started to creep up on name, image, and likeness. So basically, we we follow those closely. We we critique them, and uh, it was it was a lot of work. I I had suggested it would be a good thing to follow what the states were doing, and then you know be careful what you suggest because that become sort of your task. <laughs> took that on. I, I voluntarily took that on. And, uh, you know, we all have our own um, pandemic coping mechanisms, right? So that was, that was mine, the tedious task of searching the state legislative sites uh, at night after work and, and seeing what's happening um, in those sessions. So what do you imagine the NCAA? Uh, what do you imagine the NCAA thinks when you know someone says uh, someone from the Drake groups on the line here? I mean, do they? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Um, th there was a Senate hearing uh, that took place just yesterday, so this is good timing. It, it was the first one, uh, and it took place in front of uh, the Commerce Committee in the United States Senate. Uh, so that was a really big deal. And um, my senator, a very capable, excellent legislator, uh, Senator Maria Cantwell, is chair of that committee. So she presided over that. And uh, with the varying bills um, on Congress um, currently, that there was some interesting questioning that was going on. Um, uh, President Mark Emmert of the NCA was one of the six witnesses. So he was essentially at times, uh, you know, put on the hot seat. <laughs> he should be. Um, there's a lot of issues to cover. And um, one of the line of questioning uh, by Senator Blumenthal of Connecticut um, had to deal with the woefully inadequate sexual assault standards uh, in reporting 
in disclosure and investigation uh, with the NCAA. And, and we all know, you know, some of the, the cases that are high profile and not the only ones, but, um, you know, Larry Nasser at, at Michigan State. Now we have Anderson at Michigan. Um, again, those are just among the few that we know about. Uh, but uh, he actually pointedly asked, Senator Blumenthal pointedly asked uh, President Emmert uh, about the woefully inadequate sexual assault standards, and he cited the Drake Group because that's exactly what we called them. <laughs> Let's change direction here a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. while you're at Mercersburg, who are some of the people who had a uh, lasting impact on you? Uh, it's um, more than just a couple. Uh, <laughs> my, my initial attraction to the school um, was indeed the swim team. I witnessed the first uh, anything about Mercersburg was at Eastern Swimming Championships, the Eastern Interscholastic Swimming Championships. And uh, the team was truly amazing to watch. The spirit, all the fun, you know, the cheers. They had so many. And I'd never seen that kind of cheering and swimming. It's, you know, really, it's, a, it's an individual sport. But when you saw, like, how much fun they were having. And, I mean, I love swimming and I thought it was fun. But they really made it seem fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so full of camaraderie. So, and it was interesting. It was like, they were, they were good, right? They had uh, won a national title. So they were, they were intimidating, but also so appealing as a team environment uh, because they were having so much fun and they certainly had a lot to cheer about because they were swimming really fast. And uh, I remember I was a butterflyer. So um, at the time, uh, Mel Stewart was at Mercersburg and he swam butterfly and it was at that meet at LaSalle University. And um, he a few months later, went to the Seoul Olympics, and then uh, at the Barcelona Olympics, four years later, he won gold. So he dominated that event, 200 butterfly, that entire span of time. But he seriously had the most beautiful butterfly I've ever seen. Mel looked like he was flying above the water. So I was, you know, captivated by that. The, the team um, was incredible to watch. I basically begged my parents, I really want to check out this school. So I, I made my way there and. I would say uh, among my mentor figures on campus, first is uh, my coach, Pete Williams, just a really great guy, uh, super even keeled, really knows the mental aspect well of, of the sport, and he's great on the pool deck, just smart coach. Betsy Mitchell, another very talented swimmer who really knows how to inspire and motivate people and with her words and the energy that she brings, and she... Um, was great timing because she had just come back to campus after the Goodwill Games and was our um, assistant coach, or maybe it was prior to Goodwill, but she came back and, and was our assistant coach um, for at least a year. So, and then all of my swim teammates, um, many of us lived in South Cottage. So we, you know, make those cold morning walks together across the football field, the pool and our Navy blue parkas, uh, my co-captain, Emily Reed, delightful person, Kim Lloyd, and, and then we had some great people in South Cottage. And so it was a great mix, we, uh, you know, that weren't on the swim team. So my favorite people, Sarah Surrey, Cleo Wagner. I, mean, I could go on about the people, but uh, South Cottage was a blast. You know, we, we got our work done for sure, but we had a lot of fun too. <laughs> and I'd say some of the, on the mentor side, um, Allison Stevens uh, was our teacher. 
in residence at South Cottage, along with Mr. Jones, who was the school minister, and all my teachers were great, and it was definitely a challenging environment, uh, and, you know, it was adjustment, right, being uh, on a campus far away from home you know, prior to leaving for college, so it was certainly great preparation for that, uh, but honestly, with swimming, when you're, when you're in a sport that intensely, and it's an intense sport, that's your niche right away, so that, that was true for Mercersburg. Uh, and college, especially at the University of Texas, which is, of course, a much larger school. But swimming uh, in sport really gives that community, right? So it's another important reason to, to have those opportunities. And then there was one very special person at Mercersburg who I didn't even spend much time with. Her name was Jackie Powell. Name Jackie Powell. She was associate head of school, I think was her official position. And, but she was also my college counselor. And I recall my meeting with her, uh, walking over to old trailer hall and it was the admissions office. And I remember when I was walking over there for my meeting with her, it was my first college counseling meeting. I was terrified. <laughs> I was had no idea where I wanted to go, where I would apply, where, you know, I, I would get in. I, I knew I wanted to swim, so it had to be a school that has swim program. And I was looking for a liberal arts education, but I was terrified of the entire process. It felt like it was one of those decisions that would be, you know, right or wrong and determine my absolute life path. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, would, would I be good enough in the classroom, in the pool? And so I'm, I'm walking over to Trailer Hall to her office. Um, you know, this walk in this distinguished woman behind the desk in this beautiful office at a competitive school with a, you know, a lot of smart students going to great colleges. And it turned out to be uh, just one of those amazingly transformative moments as a young person and an amazingly positive experience. She put me at ease right away. She has delightful demeanor. And there was there was one moment in that conversation uh, where she looked at me and said, Julie, you're smart. You have the ability to do a lot of great things and you're going to. And it was just like this weight lifted dust. <laughs> and I, I just remember um, walking back to South and I, you know, I felt like I was walking on clouds. <laughs> uh, you know, she, she just really possessed an ability of how to truly see a young person and you know, somehow know exactly what they needed to hear. And you know, my life was so associated with swimming, which is a demanding sport. And honestly, that was the place that I felt most confident as a young girl and young woman. And also, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's why sports participation is so important, especially for girls. And it's, a, it's an arena where you can build confidence and see success, uh, you know, in hard work in such a, a visceral way. Um, but it's also important to have the Jackie Powell's in your life and, um, you know, outside the athletic arena and uh you know Mercersburg provides that and I think it attracts people with that special ability to connect uh in a really meaningful way so that was just one of those seminal Mercersburg moments for me and then there were the the really fun ones in, in swimming um where setting the 100 fly record at Easterns uh, which ironically happened to be Betsy Mitchell's record and she was our assistant coach at the time and I remember I was a junior and uh, I, can, I can remember my time, 5588. It's actually one of those races I can still actually replay the entire race in my head, <laughs> which, which is crazy <laughs> to this day. And I remember my lane was next to a, a, uh, a girl by the name of Grace Cornelius, 
who had just been on the cover of Swing World magazine as the national rising star. And she, she was a really nice girl, very physically intimidating butterflyer. And uh, she even had the moniker Amazing Grace because she was so good. <laughs> and then on the other side of me uh, was another amazing girl, Trina Radke, who had just come off the Olympic Games. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. You know, seated between them. And, you know, it's the 100 fly. And I remember I, 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 had, I told myself, you don't have time to waste in 100. So I, I took it out hard. You know, I, I hit all the walls just right. And when I hit my last wall, um, I happened to be, you know, turning to the side uh, where Grace was. And I saw that she was slightly behind me on the last turn. And I, I remember my inner voice saying, oh, my gosh, you're ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I kicked so hard off that last wall and, and through those last yards and, and basically outtouched her. And then I, I got out of the pool and, and Betsy and I didn't even realize it was her record that you know was just broke. And she could not have been greater in that moment. Um, and I, I remember my mom, who uh, she's since passed on. She had people coming up to her saying, "Your daughter just beat Amazing Grace." What are, are your predictions, or at least your hopes, for how life can be better for college athletes in the near future? Yeah. I think um, that. You know, it seems the way that that Nils has uh, evolved over you know, a pretty short period of time here, last year and a half, that clearly the, the states have, have taken the ball, so to speak, and run with it. And we've seen a pattern of states. Um, you know, California was prudent when they passed their law. They set their effective date for 2023, essentially saying, you know, this is the shot off the bow and we're giving you a warning, NCAA. And. Yeah, it's funny to see the attitudes evolve too over time because the NCAA in their reaction to that was, well, California schools and California uh, collegiate athletes, looks like you probably won't be eligible, which is just a crazy idea that with all of the amazing flagship schools in California that they wouldn't be participating in the NCAA. And, then, and so <laughs> they, the NCAA was forced to acknowledge over time along with institutional um, people that uh, this is a foregone conclusion and it's happening. So now we, you have to evolve and innovate um, like what should have been happening over a number of years. So um, uh, with the, the after, after California state, the first state like Florida um, set their effective date for this July, which is of course only weeks away now, right? So um, July of this year, and once other states took notice of that, they also enacted a uh, July 1st effective date. So you know, it really has become another arms race. But as is often the case in, in other areas of, of law and, and policy, um, you know, consumer protection being one, when states start to enact different laws and policy, it, it's you know, filling a, a void uh, where there becomes an obvious need for federal action. So, the, you know, fortunately, the states have really pushed the, the federal effort here, which is why there are now at least eight federal bills that have been introduced between the last Congress and the current Congress. Um, and those bills vary a good bit. Um, but it's good because they all keep the conversation going. Uh, Senator Booker, Senator Blumenthal um, have introduced a bill that uh, addresses more of the comprehensive and absolutely much needed reform 
know, there's, there's uh, so, so many issues besides name, image, and likeness that, that need to be addressed. That, that will certainly be a foregone conclusion and a victory when it happens, because it's happened at, you know, at least um, 20 some states uh, and then several more with, with bills. Um, so uh, Nils is clearly happening, but we could have a wild west for who knows how many months um, before we have any kind of uniform national policy. But, but I think it's, it's important to recognize that, that Nils is, while it's a significant victory, it's, it's sort of the way it has evolved in this, in this you know, struggle for it is more of a, a, a symptom of larger issues with the NCA that um, are just crying out for reform. And uh, among other issues that, that would really should be addressed in addition to name, image, and likeness um, rights are uh, issues like uh, medical and, and health and safety uh, provisions. Um, of course, gender equity. You know, you probably followed the tournament this year. It shouldn't take a TikTok video for people to realize uh, the obvious inequities that still exist. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not just the optics anymore either. You know, that was certainly illuminating and unfortunate, but a lot of us knew about those inequities. And it, it's, it's not just about the optics, it's about the actual seats at the table that, that women need to be for, for these decisions. So you, you have the, the gender equity aspect of it, certainly the, the racial and social economic aspects of it. You know, we've got beyond, beyond the medical, we have um, the cutting of sports programs, uh, which is, you know, especially at the larger schools, uh, just a sort of an un unacceptable way to handle uh, while they're, you know, pouring money into other programs and cutting opportunities for young people. And then, of course, the woefully inadequate sexual assault standards uh, that the NCA has, has had. So um, you know, there's other good examples too. They've had a booster policy that has really uh, been bungled over the years. One, one good example being a benevolent uh, athlete, former athlete by the name of Penny Hardaway, who's a famous basketball player. Mm -hmm. And over the years, he has, in an amazing way, given back. And in Tennessee, uh, where he's from, he has helped young, disadvantaged minority kids uh, financially and created athletic opportunities and programs for them to be involved in. And then he made a million-dollar donation to uh, uh, University of Memphis and the NCAA. Now he's in trouble with the NCAA, you know, because he's designated as this illegal booster, in addition to um, some of the kids he's helped, you know, because now they've gone on to become great athletes. So it's, it's clear like you, sure, certainly you have some of the more nefarious people, you know, involved in sports and, and inducing athletes to, to go to their school because they want to win games. But it's, it's, you know, something's wrong when you're, you know, punishing people like Penny Hardaway and, and the kids that he's helped. It's important for these kids to have, especially disadvantaged kids, opportunities like sport to be able to connect, right, and, and to learn. So there's there's a lot that needs to be addressed with the NCA, and it, it certainly starts with Nils, but it doesn't end there. That was Julie Summer, class of 1990. Thank you to Jim Bradley and Tim Crouch for help producing this podcast. And special thanks to Brian Morgan, class of 07, and Maddie Norris, class of 21, for writing and recording the music. If you know a Mercersburg graduate who's making a difference and you'd like to nominate them for an appearance on the Berg's Eye View podcast, send an email to alumni at mercersburg.edu. Thank you for listening.